what's a straight white guy doing up here? Well, the whole question of gender, sexual. What's a straight white guy doing up here? Well, the whole question of gender, sexuality, and bodies is a whole lot more complicated than what biological determinists would have us believe. Most of us have either XX or XY chromosomes. What's the difference? For one copy of our genome, the difference is an impossibly thin strand, about two centimeters long, weighs about a tenth of a picogram, less than the mass of a bacterium. Across every copy of the DNA in your body, it's about a milliliter the amount of water I got here in this syringe. Yet we have been led to believe that if this tiny bit of matter says XX, we're supposed to play with dolls. We're supposed to like pink flowers. We grow up to become a secretary, a nurse, maybe a teacher. We're told not to think about the presidency. We're supposed to be quiet and kind, and we're supposed to love and marry only an XY person. We're not supposed to care if an XX person sees us naked, but an XY person is only supposed to in a sexual situation. If, on the other hand, this same tiny bit of matter says XY, we're supposed to play with trucks. We're supposed to like blue footballs. We're supposed to grow up to be a truck driver or a soldier. Maybe we can be president. We're supposed to be strong and bold and we're supposed to love and marry only an XX person. We're not supposed to care if an XY person sees us naked, but an XX person is only supposed to in a sexual situation. I'm sorry, but none of this is true. As an XY person who loves the outdoors, I once made the huge mistake of joining an organization whose name translates into this language as the Young XY Scouts. They're supposed to camp and hike, while their counterparts in the Young XX Scouts do crafts and sell cookies. I was abused for years in this organization and elsewhere by other XY people who believed that because I had a physical disability, I wasn't XY enough to be okay. I wasn't man enough to be accepted. For many years, I stopped doing anything outdoors, the things I love the most, because I was told it wasn't for cripples like me. I was told that my body wasn't okay. I was body shamed to the extent that to this day, I can't use a public locker room. Many years later, I started hiking again in the company of some pretty cool people, a majority of whom happened to have XX chromosomes. On some of those hikes, I took a few pictures you might see around us. <laughs> it simply didn't matter what chromosomes we had. These people thought I was fine just the way I was. There was no pressure to be someone I wasn't. I don't care if my XX hiking partners or my XY ones see my body swimming in a mountain lake or even peeing behind an inadequate tree, but I'm not comfortable with strangers in a locker room or in a restroom just because they happen to share this tiny bit of DNA with me. Then I started listening to what the LGBTQ plus community was saying. It's okay if XX people love each other. It's okay if XY people love each other. There are XY women. There are XX men. That insignificant bit of DNA that I was always told I didn't live up to doesn't matter. We are each exactly whom we are. 
and we are each perfect just that way, regardless of what a few molecules of adenine, cytosine, guanine, and thymine might say. That's why I'm up here. I'm here to thank all the people who, from Stonewall and before to the present day, have fought for equality, for the right to be anyone, anybody we want to be, to love whomever we will. If you don't know me, I'm Jonathan Barnhart, recently of the piano. <laughs> On July 28, 1969, I was about two months shy of my 13th birthday, growing up in a mid-sized town in southern central Pennsylvania. I have no recollection of having seen contemporary news coverage of the Stonewall riots, but that was a busy summer with the moon landing, Chappaquiddick, and Woodstock. I didn't come out as a gay man until 1978, having moved to Boston to pursue graduate studies at the New England Conservatory. I approached being gay with what some of my friends called a professional zeal, <laughs> immersing myself in gay books, magazines, movies, music, and going out to dance clubs. Hard to believe now, but yes, I did. <laughs> my taste in music expanded greatly beyond just classical and musical theater, to include artists such as Diana Ross, Donna Summer, Anita Baker, Grace Jones, Cindy Lauper, Elton John, Freddie Mercury, and techno bands such as the Communards, Erasure, and the Pet Shop Boys. Yay, yay the Pet Shop Boys. I made the pilgrimage to the sacred gay places, Christopher Street, the Castro, and P-Town. My coming out story is not one of struggle, but of being in the right place at the right time. It was the right time precisely because of the bravery of those in our community who had fought back for their rights, our rights, starting at least symbolically with the Stonewall, at the Stonewall Inn. It was the right place because I had arrived in a large city with a visible gay population and mostly liberal attitudes among the general populace. Being in the classical musical field, I was surrounded by other gay folks with teachers and colleagues who were nothing but supportive. I have never felt that being gay posed any obstacles to my chosen career path, and for that I'm very grateful. I came out to my family all at different times, first my sister, then my mother, brother, and finally my dad. All were very accepting. In fact, my mother's reaction was literally, and I quote, I would have been surprised if you weren't. <laughs> Mothers always know. It turned out that my parents had had a gay male friend in a small town, in small town Pennsylvania, a member of a theater company that my dad directed. But I did have friends, fellow organists, who lost their positions, mostly at Catholic churches when they were outed. Even though this was over 30 years ago, the same thing continues to happen as shown by the recent events at two schools in Indianapolis. Two different outcomes, the Jesuits, of course, yay Jesuits. I chose early on to seek a position at a UU church, largely due to the tolerant attitudes. Of course, I was also interested in the freedom to use many types of music with texts which represented an amazing theological diversity. For me personally, the legacy of Stonewall is having the freedom to speak one's own truth, to live as who you are. 
This is even more important in our current political culture when the very concept of truth is being demeaned every single day. I wonder if I would have had the courage to fight back, as did the very brave customers at that bar in Greenwich Village that summer night. My personal way of resisting is to be open about who I am to everyone I meet, since I believe attitudes are changed on a person-to-person -person level. Every day is living out day. We are living through a period, and I hope it's a temporary one, when it's too easy to get discouraged. LGBTQI rights have come so far, but there is still so much to accomplish as our community's issues have become more diverse. I hope someday that we can change the label from Pride Month to Pride Life. In 1987, I started working as a host and waiter at the Riviera Cafe in Greenwich Village. That was the December after I graduated college. The Riv, as we called it, and which just closed last year, was located at the corner of Christopher Street and 7th Avenue in Sheridan Square, across the street from the Stonewall Inn. At the time, Stonewall was still open though it would close again in 1989. And it was pretty divey. Um, I think I went in once for a drink, and it was actually just depressing, quite frankly. I was 22 years old, and I wanted much, much more excitement. And as you can ima imagine, excitement was not hard for a young gay man to find in the village in the 1980s. The village was still pretty gritty at the time, and. There were bars like the Duplex, its original location on Christopher Street, the Village Vanguard, Uncle Charlie's, the Cubby Hole, the Monster, Marie's Crisis. These were hopping joints that introduced me to a way of gay life that can never be replicated in an app. <laughs> but the other thing that dominated my time in New York in the 80s was HIV and AIDS. By the time I arrived in the city, I had already lost friends to the disease, and working as I did at the crossroads of life in the village, I watched people decay from week to week before my eyes. I had always had an activist streak in me, but as long as, as, as I got to know the devastation um, growing around me, I, like so many others, didn't enjoy feeling helpless in the fight. The government was no good, so our tool was to march. In June of 1988, I was part of what I have to believe will always be one of the biggest pride marches in the history of the movement. It's a bit hazy now, but I'm sure I marched as part of ACT UP that year, because I remember shouting until I was hoarse, We're here! We're queer! Get used to it! <laughs> it was my first experience of being spat at as we marched by St. Patrick's Cathedral. It was also the first time I got to see Fifth Avenue as a sea of people. There were people in wheelchairs, people wearing no more than a few pieces of tape, old, young, black, white, everyone, and it all spilled out onto the pier at the end of Christopher Street in Lower Manhattan at the end. 
What began uptown as rage and raw emotion evolved into the biggest party you have ever seen. Things have changed. Now, there are corporate sponsors for Pride and lots and lots and lots of costumes and, of, and color. Married couples with children, all kinds of things that none of us in 1988, let alone 1969, could ever have dreamed of. I also think some, some, that something has been lost. When I marched, it was an act of public defiance. In addition to the ACT UP t-shirt, I wore a mini kilt to one march, hot pants to another, and somewhere there is probably a picture of me in a baseball cap, army boots, and a yellow mankini in the middle of Fifth Avenue. But this was all in defiance. Celebration was definitely in the background of my actions. I was determined to say to the world that you can throw medical diagnoses at us, archaic laws, and even HIV and AIDS. We are not backing down or ever going back in the closet. That was a period in the history of New York that will never happen again, and frankly, I'm glad. The defiance and rabid protesting that we did in the depths of some of the darkest, most fearful times of the early HIV-AIDS crisis did not come easily. I was not even at the epicenter of the hardest work, and I can't imagine going back to that time. We will continue to move forward, thank God. There have been medical advances, and more importantly, there have been social advances to take HIV and AIDS out of the closet, out of the examining room, and to recognize that it is a part of our everyday lives. I can stand here and talk to you about something that when I first had conversations about it among just gay men, we would whisper or find someplace private or secret. You could never dream of talking about HIV, AIDS, gay and lesbian, queer, transgender, gender fluid, non-binary, bisexual, asexual, or pansexual from the pulpit of a church with children in the room. That is what Stonewall did. If it weren't for Stonewall, I'm not sure where the energy for the ongoing fight against HIV-AIDS would have gone. Part of me thinks that had there not been the Stonewall Uprising, every single gay man in the United States would have been locked up. None of the laws would have changed, and homosexuality as a medical diagnosis would have been confirmed by the bigots. Stonewall said that bodies matter, and that our shared humanity matters. And Stonewall said that you may not like what I do or who I am, but you have no right to toss me in a closet, deny me my whole self, and then hypocritically brandish a 200-year-old document in my face claiming that all men are created equal. Stonewall 
loosened our tongues from the roofs of our mouths, and more than any other movement in the history of this nation, allowed everyone to state loud and clear, we're here, we're queer, get used to it. <laughs>